Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Key wants it to let it breathe, so I'm going to take my hands off the ones and twos for a second so Key could let Man, this when breathe. when thing came out, Jay, that thing was fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Key, Man, let him know. Panther hit? Come on, man, stop. That soundtrack was ridiculous. Zubin, did you know that I was on Black Panther? Yeah, of course. I've seen Black oh. Panther. I okay, thought, okay, okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. You don't say yeah, of course. I didn't know. No, man, but you're gonna ask the man that. <laughs> what? Zubin's going man, Zubin's gonna see Black Panther. He may not see some others. Black Panther, everybody the saw. World saw, right? The, the world saw, right? The world. I mean, you had to be under a rock not to see Black <laughs> Panther, right? Speaking of being under a rock, you know, this weekend for me was interesting because over Christmas, I guess you would say, What do you get somebody like myself or you, Zubrin, or Jay for Christmas from a family standpoint? What did Santa Claus drop underneath my tree? Mm -hmm. So I got a, and I like to cook and I like to do all of these different things, Jay. So my family bought me uh, an indoor grill, air fryer type deal. Up your alley. Mm. And so this is the first time I used it yesterday. Now, it was interesting because, you know, I read the instructions and I hooked it up and, did everything it said doing it. I seasoned my wings and stuff, and I dropped them in the air fryer. Mm-hmm. And it was the grill air fryer. It's gonna, you know, they explained to you, you're going to get the grill marks, you're going to get everything, set the temperature to hold. Man, it was done in eight minutes. So I'm saying to myself, you know, and so when I start biting into it, I had the crisp, the juice, everything was good. And I just was hoping that I wouldn't wake up with a third eyeball, you know, because I'm saying this is this is crazy, right? The inventions that we are in in this day and age where you can cook some chicken fully done, crispy and everything with some damn hot air. I ain't never seen nothing like that until yesterday. In eight minutes. In eight minutes. Putting the form and grill to shame. Man, it was crazy. Key, keep it real. Did you really read the instructions? Because you strike me as somebody like, What man, you mean? Look. I had to read the instructions. Okay, I didn't know. Because you... You strike because you know there's people out there. You get something like I, I'm one of these people. I, I never read instructions. No, I gotta read I'm instructions. Cause I never read instructions. I'm like I got it. I got until I don't have it, and then my <laughs> wife's like, "Read the instructions, dummy." So no, I got I gotta read the instructions. Now, if you told me putting toys together and think, no, I'm calling somebody to do that. That's different because that little put the pin here and this there. That stuff is hard. But this is take it out of box, plug it in, cook on this temperature, cook on that temperature, use this grill use this for that you know that that's easy but when you start talking about putting something together assembling a toy no i'm not with that but what's interesting though the reason i bring this up is the inventions that's out there in the world now to think that you can cook a steak and on hot air or chicken or vegetables and it was good but i don't you know i'm i'm waiting to see if anything happened to me <laughs> right cuz i'm like that's a little weird, man. I do see, like, between your two <laughs> eyes, like a third eye seems. I, now, I have four eyes because I have glasses it, now, so I'm not able to see it as well. Is it a Kyrie third eye? Zubin, is it a Kyrie third eye? I'm not sure. <laughs> All of a sudden, I get a, a an extra ear growing up on my forehead or something. I just think about it, Jay. Hot air cooking fried chicken. No grease, no nothing. Key, you're putting it's the Matrix, man. We're moving in that direction. As I would say, as an ode to Kyrie, I'll just get some burning incense in here and make sure whatever's going <laughs> on with your exercise the demons, Zoom in. I'm y'all telling y'all you, Deshaun y'all Watson, leave, exercise the demons. Leave Kyrie alone. What? It's y'all incense. You just gotta. Alone, well, literally, that's true. He's pretty aloof and alone most of the time, so he can oh, spend some time. Oh, jeez. It's okay. It's true. Zubin Zingers. I didn't say it, Kyrie. 
That was Zubin and Jay picking on you, not me. I, didn't, I just said the third eye. The third, You know what the third eye is. I like your game. Get into the stadium, man. I like your game. Right. Yeah, get into the stadium. We have to see. Hopefully, we'll see that tonight against the Bucks. We'll see. That's a big one, right? What if Bucks? he doesn't show up, though? Mm. Oh, stop. See? <laughs> yeah, I had second thoughts. I don't think I want to play. I'm just going to chill. That's we, why he got the insurance policy. He's got James Harden now. It's amazing to think the Bucs, everything revolved around them in the East. They were the prohibitive favorite. Giannis, everything back-to-back MVPs. And now they take on the team that has essentially sort of taken the mantle from them. We'll talk much more about the Nets tomorrow. But that's a big one in the NBA tonight. Milwaukee and Brooklyn, perhaps an Eastern Conference Finals preview. A preview of the NFC Championship game is where we go here, fellas. I just don't know. There's just too many numbers for Tom Brady. The best ones we could come up with, Key, as a guy who played in the league. And it probably isn't awed by much but the fact that he's now playing in his 14th conference championship game in 21 years so think about that two-thirds of his career has been spent at the brink of the super bowl two-thirds and if he wins on sunday it'll be his 10th appearance in the super bowl it's unfair man it's just unfair it it shouldn't be that way right everybody should be on par with one another it should be I'm better than you. I'm going to get here no matter what the season looks this like. This is a parody-driven league. What do they tell us? The worst teams get the best draft picks. The best teams get the worst draft picks. The whole league is set up for everybody to be, quote-unquote, 8-8, eight and eight, a little bit of equity. He's blown that perception to smithereens. Well, and Zubin, this is his, he, his first year with a new team, with a new offense. Like, I think sometimes we, we always talk about Tom Brady's greatness and we forget the fact that, you know, and Key, you would know this better than a lot of people. Like, you go to a new, a new team, what's that learning curve? Especially from a guy and what he's had to deal with on the field, but also off the field with the way Bruce Arians has aired dirty laundry a little bit here and there about what he expects from his quarterback, things of that sort, to be able to get to this point of the season where a lot of people were saying, ah, oh, you know, this offense isn't going to really pan out. They don't run the ball. It speaks volumes about Tom Brady and, and his, he, his willingness to buy in. I'm sorry, Jay. To, to, to Jay's point, I just want to add to everything he just said. I agree 100%. Plus, no offseason OTA, truncated training camp. I mean, he, truncated. Wasn't, even, he wasn't around his new teammates practically at all. Well, he, he, he had some practice time with them during the pandemic. He went he, out there to the high school and yeah, all that. But yeah. in just terms of a formalized situation. It, 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 it it's a little bit of time. It's not going to take a whole season. It's just enough to – because everything is the same in the National Football League. Everybody runs the same routes, the same situations. It's all about Byron Leftwich calling the plays and Tom Brady understanding his pattern of calling plays. Once they get on the same page as far as that goes, an out is an out. A curl is a curl. A slant is a slant. A fade is a fade. A back shoulder is a back shoulder. Five-step drop is a five-step drop. A twist by the front, a a, a defensive front, is a twist by the defensive front. Recognizing a blitz coming off the weak side is a recognizing a blitz coming off the weak side. It's not anything foreign or new. I think when you people get caught up in the weeds of things thinking that, oh, my God, he's not going to know. He's been playing football 21 damn years. He's seen every coverage that there ever was. In professional football. But on the other side, has Cameron Brait, have the pass catchers, have all those guys? Yeah, but they're catching balls in practice. They're catching balls in practice. They're, they're getting the repetition, the reps in practice. So it's not like all of a sudden they coming off the streets and trying to figure things out. When you're getting reps, it's different. But when you take a player and you move him into a position that he's never played before, that's something totally different. You know, he said, well, Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, he needs to learn. Antonio Brown been running the same routes his entire damn life. He doesn't need to learn anything. 
But Keith, don't you think there's something to be said about, and I know people try to use this as it's easy for Tom Brady. Look at all of his offensive options, but also on the opposite side of that, that's challenging. When you got guys like Antonio Brown who demand the ball, when you got guys like Chris Godwin who's there, Scotty Miller's there, Mike Evans is there, you have a lot of no, options. No, to you, uh, Jay, I almost called you Jeff, but no to you, Jay, no one demands the ball when you win. Only time players f- get frustrated is when you lose. When you are winning, you can give me one pass for one yard. We won. We oh. won. I, I hate the narrative that people get – that all they want is the ball. They got to get there. No, Antonio Brown can catch 20 balls and be happy with a Super Bowl ring. Same thing with Godwin. Same thing with Gronk. Same thing with Mike Evans. It's about the W's. Does Tom Brady give us the best chance to win? That's all we care about. And he I, did, clearly, because Jameis Winston turned the ball over at an alarming rate, which therefore made them suffer in the W category, when Tom Brady stopped turning the ball over, they started winning. I agree, but let's go back to the middle of the season when they lost three or four. They lost to the Saints, they lost to the Rams, and they lost to the Chiefs. Like, there was a lot of rumbling about what's going on. I'm just saying, to be able to tread water in that scenario and not get ahead of yourself, dealing with Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and Bruce Arians saying we should have targeted Mike Evans more. I mean, it, it's a lot to make. I just want to give him credit for that. That's all I'm saying. Hang on, Keith. I got to put you back in your your playing days. So you're telling me you caught 27 balls in a season, and any team you played on went 11 and five. But I'm you not going to catch 27. I'm just, let's just say they didn't <laughs> throw it to you. You, you, caught, you. But you're winning. I now, Zubin, you catch, know what the truth is. That's less than two catches a game, right? Yeah. yeah. You catch 27 balls. The team is 11 and five. They throw to both tight ends. They got a great running are back. We, so, are we winning? Yes. You're 11 that's and five. all that matters. Don't get caught up in the narrative that's being set. If Am I helping you win by blocking? Am I helping you win by catching but, the balls that you are throwing to me? Am I helping you win? If we're winning, no one cares. You'd be happy with 27 I, balls. If, if we're winning, I don't care. I do not care. Don't get caught in what SportsCenter told you 17 years ago. <laughs> don't get caught in that. I'm telling you as a living man sitting in this chair right now, Right now. If we're winning, it does not matter. The frustration set in when you are losing. When you lose, there's a problem, period. You can go across the league, and anybody that has any sense and decency and know what winning satisfies, they will tell you, as long as we're winning, I don't give a damn. Key, is this is this coming from you now? The, no, the it's mature not, Jay. Or is this coming no, from when, coming, when you were in the prime of your career It was career coming well. from me from day one. Okay. That's all always right. been me. As I tell Zubin, don't get caught up in some damn narrative that's being set by some media outlet 20 years ago. I'm don't not get getting, caught up in I'm that. I'm not getting caught up in there. I'm not I'm just, just talking about me. I'm talking about players in the league at skill positions in general. Yes, I'm, you want to get fed. But if you're winning and you're not being fed, then that's all that matters. I walk off, you lose. Zubin, I win. All I was saying, Zubin, that point where they lost three or four games, there were some people that were unhappy with the way some players were being targeted. All I was doing was giving credit to Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich and the company to forge through that. Those, those seems like those are... Those are smaller challenges that could – it's like a seed being planted. They can continue to blossom, and that can, that can cause a lot of disruption to your team. Uh, what Bruce Arians said was that Mike Evans was open. They just didn't get the ball. Brady didn't get the ball to him. 
doesn't it's not an indictment on either one of the players it's not an indictment on Mike Evans he didn't run in complaining and it's not an indictment on Tom Brady because Tom Brady couldn't get the ball to him that's one or two games does it they're they're in the NFC championship game right now and Mike Evans caught two balls yesterday and they're in the NFC championship game they're right where everybody thought they would be at the beginning of the season. You mentioned the week one friction against the Saints. Then he lost track of downs in Chicago. There's been some Five ups downs. and downs. <laughs> it's Colorado and Missouri again, 31 years later for the fifth down. No, it's one of those things where they went through quite a bit. But at the beginning of the season, if you would have told me that since he's already played in this many championship games before, that he would end up right back where his record. I had the Saints winning. I'm mad. All mm. three. Yeah. All three, man. I got. I'm, it's hard I'm, to win three times, Key. I wouldn't give a damn, Jay. I got family that should they, that was there. Oh, I know. And played for him. I wanted them to win. Yep. He's talking about Michael Thomas and the fact that the what happened, Key? Can you tell us what happened? I can't tell you what happened. We get nothing, Zubin. We get <laughs> nothing on Michael happened. Thomas on this show. And Just didn't didn't play well. That's all I can say. Small little satisfaction for Brady of his glorious twenty-one year career. You could you could say the worst game he ever had was against the New Orleans Saints the second game they played on Sunday Night Football with America watching and then be able to get there, gain a measure of revenge and win. And now the measure of revenge stands with Aaron Rodgers, who lost to Brady back in week so six. In. Yes. In New England. Yes. What are they saying right now? <laughs> well, I think if there's any year that the uh, argument was player versus coach, uh-huh. if there's any year where this argument is more stark than any other, it's pretty clear it's always going to be the player, right? In the first year, in two decades apart, Bill Belichick misses the playoffs. Their division streak comes to an end. 17 years of double-digit wins. It's all over. Likely looking for a new quarterback. Asked by the Boston media about all the draft failures. And the other guy is 60 minutes away from becoming the first guy to play the Super Bowl in his own stadium. Player versus coach. This year more than any shows which one is more important. You guys are just unbelievable. I just asked that question to you because I knew what you were going to say. It's just unbelievable, though. It's just unbelievable. Both are really important, Zubin. I don't know if one one over the other. Because I know the, the conversation with people leading up to this week's game on Sunday is going to be Brady, look at Belichick, look at Brady. You know, that's coming now. And so I just wanted to get it out there because it's unbelievable. They both needed each other for many years. It's just wild. It's so wild. It's obviously going to be a story moving forward because this obviously would be Belichick's um, situation standing there watching Brady get there to the Super Bowl for the first time without each other. He's going to be standing there looking. <laughs> Tune into Mike Greenberg show Greeny, which immediately follows our show. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio today. Greeny talks to Steve Smith Jr. and he'll react to the divisional weekend from Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin right into Greeny weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. He Very tried to give me twenty-seven catches, Jay. Less than two a game. You should be complaining, bro. We're winning. <laughs> twenty-seven. That's when Mishan comes out. Zubin. He told me I would have twenty-seven grabs. Damn. Steve Serby trade Keyshawn only twenty-seven <laughs> catches, losing his edge. Let's go from A to Z. From A to Z and the NBA. The NBA is on ESPN Radio tonight. Tune in tonight as Duran and the Nets host Giannis and the Bucks. It's presented by Indeed. Coverage begins seven Eastern on most of these ESPN Radio affiliates. So over the weekend, uh, Jay James Harden shining in his debut, thirty-two, fourteen, and eleven. First player in NBA history with a 30-point triple-double in his first game with the team. Durant opened up as well, went for 42-5-4. and four. 
Here's James Harden on his long national nightmare being over. Unbelievable. I mean, I hope you can tell by my smile and, and my play. Just excited, excited and uh, for the opportunity. This is an unbelievable organization from top to bottom. And, um, you know, for me, all I have to do is just go out there and, and, and be the best, you know, James Harden I can be. And, um, you know, good things will happen. It's really incredible watching them play offensively. And people always ask, well, you know, are there enough basketballs on the team for everybody to be happy? Look, you put the ball in James Harden's hands when you're in half-court sets. Whoever gets a rebound, if that's KD, if that's Kyrie when it comes back to play, or James Harden, you let them go. And what you do is you involve KD in a ton of pick and rolls on both sides. You know, KD doesn't need to have the ball in his hands and dance constantly. You can catch him in isolated situations. You saw that when he had 42 points. He makes the game easy because of his efficiency. But James Harden having, you know, double digits and assists, he makes the game easy. And when you need a bucket down the stretch in the ISO situation, KD or Kyrie can get that for you. Will there be questions on the defensive end? Yes, that is something they need to continue to work on. Do they still need a big to help them from, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, an ability to help defend PNRs when you get to the NBA Finals or the likes of going against the Joel Embiid. Yes, they still need to search for that. But offensively, you are going to get a treat each and every night by watching these three play. Straight off crispy wings in a honey bun. He had a triple-double. <laughs> yep. That's crazy. Drop 30 pounds like that. It's so Keith. crazy, Zubin, how – well, I just go to show you how good he is, though. That's all. No doubt. PNR pick and rolls. Am I right on that, pick and roll? Yes. Yes. All right, let's roll on to the NFL. Now, this is the biggest story percolating today from a team that's not in the playoffs, the four that are still Super Bowl dreaming. Right now, that would be the Houston Texans and their soured relationship with Deshaun Watson. According to our Adam Scheffner, he may have played his last snap in Houston. Plenty of teams would be interested. Our front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum, joined us this morning and said there should be one team that should be more motivated than any other. If I'm the New York Jets and I could come out of this with Robert Sala and Deshaun Watson, whatever it takes, pay that bill. You've just changed your franchise, hopefully, for the next 10 years, and you've done that in two weeks. So it's an unforeseen opportunity. And candidly, guys, that's what great organizations do. That could be Amazon, Johnson & Johnson, any company in the world. They're opportunistic when they see an unexpected opportunity sitting in front of them. So if I'm the Jets, I don't get off the phone with Nick Casario without getting a deal done. And if I have to overpay by throwing in an extra second or third round pick or another young player that we may like, like a Denzel Mims, throw it in there because you know what? You could go find another Denzel Mims. Deshaun Watsons are way too hard to find. Yeah, you know what? I started thinking about this a little bit more throughout the morning. And I, and I certainly, if I was the New York Jets, I'm trying to figure out how to get it done. Um, Sam Darnold, I love you, but you got to go. And Denzel Mims, we could find another Denzel Mims out there somewhere in the mid-rounds. There, there are players. And we got a lot of cap space. We got picks. Um, yeah, yeah, I would have to figure out how to get the Deshaun deal done. And I would sell Deshaun on the fact that he could be in New York. Mm-hmm. And if he wins big in New York, he could surpass Patrick Mahomes. And he could surpass, mm. yes, absolutely. If he wins big in New York, if he wins in New York, he, he go, he, you know you're from here. Mm-hmm. He's going to pass Patrick Mahomes. If he wins a Super Bowl and an MVP, when was the last time an NFL player won MVP here in the city of New York? Yeah. What, what do you mean pass Patrick Mahomes? What do you mean in by that? In people's eyes, he will surpass Patrick Mahomes. In people's eyes, you know how it is. They will build you up in New York to a whole nother, a whole nother level. Uh, Madison Ave would be – uh, at the feet of 
Deshaun Watson, if he was in New York City, I would, if I was the New York people, I would be selling him on that in a heartbeat. Madison oh Ave, here you come. Front page of this, back page of that, magazine cover here, opportunity there. It would just, I would be selling it. Hey, Namath did it about 50 years ago, and it's still paying residuals for him a half the last century MVP, the later. Last, the last MV, league MVP was Lawrence Taylor, if, I could, if I'm thinking right, mm-hmm. here in this city. Still but a legend. Key, I, I don't right? know if he would. It, now, it depends. If Patrick Mahomes wins two Super Bowls before Deshaun's actually able to get the ball rolling here in New York, I mean, uh, people were comparing Patrick Mahomes to Michael Jordan. Jeff Darlington came on our show, and I, I know I keep saying this, but it just he's comparing Patrick Mahomes to Michael Jordan. Are we going to say that because Deshaun Watson comes to New York if, if they he, win a Super he, Bowl, depending upon come, how many Chiefs have, all of a he's going to surpass if, Patrick if, Mahomes? If I don't know about come, that. If he comes, Patrick Mahomes has one Super Bowl right now. Today. Right now. If he comes to New York City and he wins a Super Bowl and he takes his team to the Super Bowl and win, he's going to surpass Patrick Mahomes. But you're, you're saying it. if Patrick Mahomes Think, doesn't win this year, you're just saying that Patrick I'm, Mahomes I'm only has one. The, I'm talking about the championship ring that he has on his hand right now. I'm well, not, so he, I'm not okay. looking 30 years down the line how many he has. I'm just talking about where we're at today. If he was to come to New York City and help get the Jets organization going to the point where they're – in a Super Bowl and they win it, I mean, there's a lot that has to happen to get to a Super Bowl. There's no question about it, and win it. But for some reason, if he's able to do that, because that would be their goal. They're not getting him just to quarterback them to a playoff game. They're getting him to win the Super Bowl. If he was to do that, he going to surpass, in the minds, he would surpass Patrick Mahomes. Because right now, without a Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes isn't like way over here and Deshaun is way over there. He's still in that conversation of becoming one of the great quarterbacks of his generation. There's no question about it. Let's try to squeeze this in real quick. What if Deshaun never left the Lone Star State? We're asking you this morning on the Twitter feed, where should he go? (laughs) Samuel in San Antonio, we got to be quick here, but what do you think? Okay, uh, real quick, guys. Um, Solera that that we're talking about is about the two teams in Texas having quarterback issues and and they could probably – perhaps even solve one another's issues. Obviously, they have disgruntled quarterbacks, and the Cowboys' situation would be solved because they, would have, you know, they wouldn't have to negotiate a contract if they tra- traded directly with uh, quarterback to quarterback. And then on, on, the, on the flip side of that, um, Deshaun Watson already said before he was even drafted that he wanted to go to the Dallas Cowboys and jokingly uh, suggested that they trade Dak at that time. Uh, with that being said, they're, they're, they're statistically very comparable to one another. And on top of that, they're, they're, their leadership qualities, they're mirror images of one another. They're high-character guys, and they're, and, and they're both considered to be um, top-ten quarterbacks, if you will. And if there's a little bit of a difference in terms of the actual value in the two quarterbacks, it's, it's, it's not as significant uh, overall, and both teams can say it's a win-win situation for them, and they're not left with egg on their face, if you will. So it's just a, th- just a thought right there. Good stuff. What do you think, Key? No. 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 <laughs> why, why, would I, why would I give him $160 million and a bunch of draft picks to get Deshaun to get rid of Dak Prescott? I didn't want to give Dak the same money that I gave Deshaun, so why would I give Deshaun that and picks that no? No, I would quibble with saying Dak is disgruntled. I think Deshaun is disgruntled. I'm not sure Dak is disgruntled. Oh, no, yeah, disgruntled. well, you know, people use different words to describe different things. So yes. You know how that goes. On the way, speaking of words, the best thing you can say about a quarterback is his durability. 
But that's second only to his availability. You know who we're talking about. I looked over at the sideline, fella had a lot of running room. This team's giving me so much, so I put my body out there for them. But you're talking about replacing the guy that everybody thinks is the best quarterback and potentially in the history of our game. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Second down and goal from the one. Quarterback sneak Tom Brady did to get in. Is it a touchdown, Mr. Referee? Sean Hockley, touchdown, Tampa Bay. Touchdown, Buccaneers. Tom Brady pounds his way into the box. Lead 29 to 20. Gene Decker off on 98. The Rock, he mentioned so many of Key's touchdowns with the Bucs. He called those years ago. This, Fire off the cannons! Indeed, his famous saying, this iteration of the Bucs is headed to the NFC Championship game. They finally, after three tries, got their first win over the Saints. Obviously, it could be the last game in the career of Drew Brees as well. It'll be the Bucks and the Packers. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, 3.05 Eastern Sunday. Believe it or not, those two are the warm-up act to these two. At 6.40 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, it's the AFC Championship the Chiefs, we'll talk about the condition of Patrick Mahomes, the toe injury, the concussion with the best injury expert in sports in just one minute. But somebody will be playing quarterback for the Chiefs, and they'll welcome Josh Allen and the Bills to town. By the way, both of these conference championship games, rematches from week six in the regular season, both in the AFC and the NFC. So dig back into the archives for a first look if you're wondering, as you know. The Chiefs were able to take out Buffalo that day, and Tampa was better than Green Bay. we got a coaching news here for you. The Chargers have hired Brandon Staley as their head coach. Don't have to pick up the moving expenses. He comes right over from the Rams, where he was their first-year defensive coordinator. A couple of other notes to mention. The Eagles are going to be interviewing Todd Bowles, the Bucks' defensive coordinator, fresh off their win yesterday. And the Lions appear to be on the verge of hiring Dan Campbell, Key's old teammate, He's currently the tight ends coach and assistant head coach in New Orleans. Last three years of his career, though, were spent in Detroit. And Sports Center is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now, Straight Talk Wireless' new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection, just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at assurion.com slash straight talk limitations and exclusions apply. Indeed, John Anderson said it right. Great moment for Henny, Jeff Saturday on the big story on Sunday and Mitch Holtis there proclaiming again the Chiefs 
are moving on. We're joined this morning by Stefania Bell on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. She is our injury expert. Good morning, Stefania. Take us through what the week is going to look like for Patrick Mahomes in the concussion protocol leading to Sunday. Good morning, guys. Well, you know, everybody wants to know, can he get back by next week? And the answer is perhaps, um, but there are a series of steps that he would have to go through and progress through in order for that to happen. Um, these are not timeline-based. It's really important for people to understand that. They are symptom and functionality-based. So, you know, do these uh, steps provoke symptoms, and can he perform them um, effectively in order to move to the next step? So typically on the, on the Monday after the injury, the player will get reevaluated and uh, begins in that rest, what they call the rest and recovery phase, where it's just rest and basically the normal activity of the day. Uh, then he can progress to light aerobic exercise, which might include like stationary bike or even walking, sometimes light jogging on a treadmill. And they're looking for the response as they start to stress the cardiovascular uh, system. And then the progression is to continued aerobic exercise, maybe introducing strength training, uh, light individual drills. If that all goes well, you can move to non-contact football drills with the team. And then the final phase is clearance for full contact and ultimately clearance to return to play. And that final clearance happens, uh, not only does the team medical staff provide their clearance, but... Uh, the player has to be cleared by an independent neurological consultant. And there's also some neurocognitive testing that goes on to make sure that, that the tests that the players take before the season, their baseline numbers, that they return to baseline on the neurocognitive aspect as well. Stefania, who makes the decision to evaluate uh, uh, Mahomes and elevate him as the week goes on to clear him to be ready for Sunday? Who makes that decision? Well, throughout the week, uh, Keyshawn, it's the, the head athletic trainer is typically taking that individual through the paces, maybe in conjunction, you know, as far as the weight room part with strength and conditioning staff. Uh, the coaches are, 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 might be making observations just in terms of conversation. But when you get down to final clearance, that really is coming from the team, the primary care physician, um, in conjunction with the head athletic trainer. Again, these are the individuals who know the player. So they are very uh, dialed in to the, is the player's aspect what it usually is? Is the player responding like he normally would? But he cannot return to play without that additional clearance from the independent neurological consultant. Now, he had a couple injuries, right? He had the concussion, but he also had the toe. How does the toe affect the concussion, because you said he's going to go through a number of tests, riding bikes, jogging, treadmill, where if the toe is kind of bothering <laughs> bothering him, how will they be able to tell which is which? It's a great question, right? You know, you're dealing with a couple things at once, and we don't know, uh, we don't have any clue as to the severity of that toe injury, but certainly just watching him, he looked like it was hampering him. He appeared to be limping, a couple throws that were, uh, errant throws after he returned from that, that toe injury. Um, so the, the, to start with the week, like you're not going to put him on the treadmill and have him jog. If the foot is a problem, you might start with stationary bike. So it's non-weight bearing. Um, they can certainly evaluate both things at once. 
Uh, if it does in, indeed turn out to be a turf toe type injury, I mean, that was referenced. We don't know that for sure. But there are accommodations they can make in the shoe as well as taping and protecting the foot. And, and certainly, you know, it, it's not like uh, Patrick Mahomes can't communicate with the staff about what seems to be working or not working as far as the comfort of his foot. And they can have him doing rehab for the foot. Uh, in the training room while he's also participating in his return to play progression through the concussion protocol. So those two things can happen. Stefania, I was really curious to go back to what you said before. You said these series of steps aren't timeline based. They're more functionality based from, you know, it's probably in the weeds, but from a functionality perspective, like what are you looking at to see ultimately if Patrick Mahomes is ready to play? Like what do you need to see? The, the key thing initially is are the symptoms provoked and and what kind of provocation so we don't know what his initial symptoms were you know we're we're looking at it from a distance but uh, there's a lot of question and answer to see does he complain of headache or dizziness or things that might be concussion related any nausea uh, with return of activity, uh, any balance issues as he starts to return to activity. So there's a lot of dialogue that happens with the player, and you, you have to count on the player being honest, but also, like I said, the observation of the staff who knows him well and is it can be tuned into those things if you see that a player is trying to push it and maybe they're not ready to. I think it's easy to be cynical about this and say, oh, well, everyone just wants to push him through. But there are a couple things here. Number one, uh, player awareness when it comes to concussion is significantly improved from where it was years ago. Uh, number two, Rick Burkholder, who's the head athletic trainer for the Chiefs, has been around for a long time. He's been with Andy Reid since the Eagles. Uh, he's a member of the head, neck, and spine committee. I mean, they're part of the people who, who put this protocol in place. So if anyone knows it and is going to pay attention to it, it's going to be Rick. So um, there's, there's a lot that relies on communication, but also observation. And then they can monitor um, other things like cardiac stress, um, you know, basically physiological output responses to the kind of stress they impose on the athlete during the week. You know, it's Brady versus Rodgers to go to the Super Bowl. It's hard to really usurp that story, but I think this story that Stefani's been talking about is going to be the number one story in the NFL all week long. Of course, you can always catch Stefani on the Fantasy Focus podcast. I know the fantasy season has come to an end, but the NFL never ends. Really appreciate your insight this morning, Stefani. This is a huge story, and you just made us smarter this morning. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And keep an eye on the INC, Independent Neurological Consultant. You might see it in your phone and stories all week as INC. That's the independent person that's got to make sure it happens, not affiliated with any team straight down the middle for a completely objective decision. On the way, another MVP quarterback was knocked out with a concussion this weekend. But for him, he's got an entire offseason to heal and fix his offense, and why one team that lost yesterday, according to Keyshawn, should be thrilled with how their season went all said and done. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio. You're watching your defense come up with a play that, that really became the game changer. Karen Johnson with one of the greatest plays you'll ever see. That was a huge play and a big stop for our defense. Our guys made plays when we had to, and, and we're moving on. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. An amazing moment for the Buffalo Bills and their long-starving fans. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, but uh, on Saturday night, there was no need to circle the wagons and rally. It was their game from start to finish, though. If you watched it, you might have thought the biggest winner of the whole night was wind. (laughs) That was unbelievable. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests join us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline, including Monday Night Football's Lou Riddick, who will be here at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. All right, it's time for key observations and... The first observation doesn't have to do with the Bills. It's a little friction that might be happening with their opponent Saturday night. Ravens and Bills. Well, when you talk about friction, you're talking about Greg Roman in the issues with Lamar Jackson. I don't think it's a Greg Roman issue as much as it is an organizational issue with getting the players to surround him from a skill position standpoint. Hollywood Brown is a keeper, but I got to make sure to add something to that. I need somebody to allow me to put Hollywood Brown in the right position inside slot, take advantage of safeties and nickelbacks, not have him on an island out there by himself because he's not that type of dominant wide receiver. But if he had help, then I think Lamar Jackson could evolve at the quarterback spot quick, fast, in a hurry for the Baltimore Ravens. That is a front office problem. No doubt about it. Up next, when a loss is really a win. Browns at Chiefs. Well, you, you never want to tell, tell a player to accept the loss as a win, but in this case, I would tell the Cleveland Browns fans and faithful, you, you made it. It's a huge turnaround. Be happy you were in the position that you were in and be thrilled that you had an amazing year considering the way things started off at the beginning of the season, getting shellacked by the Baltimore Ravens, but then making it to a divisional round playoff game against the uh, last year's Super Bowl champion, the Kansas City Chiefs, and taking them down to the wire. It's something to build on. Get OBJ back. Get Greedy Williams back. Denzel Ward stays healthy. You build with Miles Garrett on the defensive side of the ball. You got a bright future ahead of you. You know, I should mention one of the guys drafted before this guy famously became a goat farmer. Is there any doubt this guy is the goat? Buccaneers at Saints. Man, Tom Brady, 43 years old, headed to his 14th, 14, one mm. four championship in the National Football League. First one as an NFC guy. Everything else has been in the AFC. And then he can get to the Super Bowl. Think about it. Ten Super Bowl appearances and potentially his seventh if they make it. 
Super Bowl ring and they win it. That's, I mean, I don't know what else, what can you say? How did everybody miss on him? I know we can say that now, but, and you got to take your hat off to tip your hat to Belichick and his organization when they went to Michigan and made the decision to draft Tom Brady when they did. Right. And it's paid off for both of them. It's amazing. Brady was fighting How for his miss life. Him? He was fighting for his life to start at Michigan. Drew Henson. <laughs> your guy, Drew Henson. Brady also drafted by the Expos. The Expos are long gone. Brady is still here and rolling. Speaking of rolling and running. Rams at Packers. Now this, this kid, Cam Akers, is going to be something special from Florida State. A young man who's learning, uh, taking over for Ty Gurley, kind of making the Rams fan base, I think, forget about Ty Gurley at times. He's been dynamic at times. He's young. He's catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run between the tackles. He can run on the perimeter. So I think they got him one. They didn't get a first round back, but they got him one. And I don't think that when you look at running backs, and I tell people this all the time, you don't have to take a guy in the first round, but they got one in the second round, and Cam Akers is that guy. Yes, hold off the chain, gang. We do have a fifth down, and that is on the L.A. tip. Cam Akers is going nowhere, but the Rams defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley, is. In fact, he's just moving across town to become the head coach of the Chargers. Um, Key, there had been some intel out there that Brian Dayball, the offensive coordinator of the Bills, would be in line for this job, but the position has been filled, and it's been filled by Brandon Staley. Yeah, and when you look at it, though, I think the Chargers realize their last three head coaches, if I can think of, have been offensive-minded, or maybe four. If I go all the way to Marty Schottenheimer, Norv Turner, and then uh, in between. Wizen Hunt was there, right? Wizen Hunt was the offensive, offensive coordinator, coordinator, but in between is Mike McCoy. Yeah. And then Coach yeah. Lynn, all offensive mind. So they kind of flipped the script and decided to go with Staley instead of Brian Dable. Now, Brian Dable may still get a head coaching job. There's one that's potentially still available in Houston, right? I mean, the Detroit job might be filled by the time we get off the air, but if not, there'll still be two. But as of right now, there's only one in my mind, and that's Houston. So he may still get that job. I like the direction that the Rams went. They went with a young defensive-minded coach, um, and he won't have to move that far. It's about an hour and 20 minutes south of Thousand Oaks, California, where the Rams uh, organization reside at now. And we should also mention just quickly on that, as Key said, the Lions might hire by the end of the day. Adam Schefter is saying it's close to becoming official Dan Campbell, the tight ends coach and assistant head coach of the New Orleans Saints, who actually spent the last part oh, of his no, career. Oh, no, there'll be two jobs, the Eagles. Yep, and we should also mention the situation with Philly and Houston. That would make it three, right? So Detroit at the moment, Philly, who's interviewing yeah. today, Todd Bowles, the Bucks defensive coordinator, and the Houston Texans, which obviously over the weekend has uh, been become more undesirable by the minute, if that seems even possible. It's Key, so wild. Yeah. Philly and Houston mm-hmm. – you just didn't think that those, you thought those two jobs would be like, oh, my God, I got to get in there. And nobody's like kicking down the door. Speaking of that, Key, just on your tip, and Jay, I want to get your thoughts real quick, of course, on Keith's observations. The last 10 Chargers head coaches have had offensive backgrounds going back all the way to Don Air Coriel. How about that? Wow. Think about that. I didn't go all, that all the way back, back to Air Coriel. I didn't go that far back. I went as far as Schottenheimer, Norv Turner, Mike McCoy, and then kind of. Uh, Coach Lynn. So I, I can see where they would go in a different direction. Jay, we got a minute. Yeah, we missed an observation. I think it's the biggest one, I, and it's going to turn into an argument in the 9 o'clock hour. I'm sure of it. The touchback 
with Rashad Higgins was one, it's still the dumbest rule <laughs> that I think exists in the NFL. And also, if that rule led to the fact that Sorensen, Daniel Sorensen, led with the crown of his helmet that forced the touchback to begin with, just at that juncture of the game, down 16 to 3, those are, those are game changing scenarios that the ball should just be given back to the Browns in the one yard line. I mean, they need to go back and fix this whole thing. The fact that you can't even review the Sorensen hit, every play should be reviewable. I don't understand. Fair enough. By Jay the way, gonna be arguing with himself. <laughs> Sorensen's all over the field. He just n- makes nothing but huge plays in the playoffs. Back to talk about Jay's dumb rule next.